Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Now, Anna is with me on the line today. And Anna, you got in touch with us because of an issue that you're dealing with. Just tell us about that issue, Anna. Good afternoon, Andrea. Um, Yeah, my name is Anna and I have a daughter who is 22. Um, and she's been struggling with an eating disorder probably since she was 17, although when we speak about it, she often says that, you know, from 12 or 13, she's always had a discontentment, you know, of her own body image, etc. So, however, um, around the 17, 18 mark, I noticed that she was losing a lot of weight, not eating with us, and she was referred by me um, with her cooperation into services. And that went on for a year or two and with some nutritional support with a counsellor, etc., and eating disorders clinic in Northern Ireland. But um, during COVID, she was discharged because there was no face-to-face and she's back out on, you know, I suppose dealing with this on her own now because she's now 22 and it's never really um, been addressed properly, I feel. And over the last few months, I just see this cyclical um events happening again. She's not eating. She's exercising now to the extreme on every level. And, and, you know, when I speak to her, I just feel that I may be exasperating the whole thing because the language, you know, even when you're talking about food or exercise, it's so misinterpreted by her. If I say she looks well, she thinks she's putting on weight. And, you know, I just see her that everything has to be controlled. Her life's just on hold because she can't go through a day without figuring out how she's going to get the exercise and everything falls in around that. And, and it's very difficult, and um, I see her just in a, in a in an abyss where she feels she can't ever get back to some sort of normality. And she even asked me the other day, "What is normal?" And I, what really worries me is this sort of she's nearly resigned to the fact that this is the way her life is at the moment, um, and she feels helpless in that. You know, she can't. Sorry, excuse me. No, take your time, Anna. Um, take your time. So, you know, she thinks that she can't get back to sort of any sort of level of normality, you know, in terms of her, um, her, her you know, how she deals with food and exercise has just become the total consuming factor at the moment, whereby she feels, it's only time she feels positive is when she's getting an endorphin kick from the back of you know, a very, very long run. And the calorie intake is just minimal, um, you know, and I, if you mention food, then you're into another whole category as well. You're sort of firing up the whole thing. And it's just very difficult. Um, we can't get access to a doctor even to refer on um, this health service where we live. is very, very poor. And there is an eating disorders clinic in Belfast. But again, it's limited in what they can do if the person themselves isn't of the mindset that they want to, you know, address yeah. it. Yeah. Is, is she um, is she herself, Anna? Is she, is she aware of 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 how things oh, yeah. how things are? She Absolutely. is. Absolutely, she is. She is very accepting of the fact that she has definitely an illness, and we've talked about the mental health side of it as well. You know, she's very intelligent. She knows that she's reading the psychology on it. And one day she said to me, "You know, Mum, I know." where I am she says it's just whether I want to turn that page and do something about it because if she I think part of it is just a conflict because she thinks if she goes for help you know the approach is going to be they're going to try and put on weight help me to deal with this I might have to put on weight and that's her that's just a nightmare scenario in her world and is she aware that you know now at 22 um, Anna that you know that you have kind of identified or spotted that she, things are starting to go backwards maybe a little bit or she's going back to where she was yeah. she? 
She knows that too. She knows and that. Andrea, she's very well aware of that. Yeah. And it's just that I, I just don't know where to turn to get help to take us from this sort of, you know, it's like we're stuck. We lurch on from week to week. You know, she'll come home from college. She, you know, she might look okay. Other weeks she looks dire. She doesn't take any food back to college the same way as other students or other members of the family would. You know, it's just, it's, I can't, I just can't. And I, as a mum, I just, I feel so helpless because I can't help her and yes I need to be doing something to feel that we're just trying to direct her in the right way for support or even any sort of intervention at this stage and there's times when she's more receptive than others to that potential help and you know I'll try and get a doctor's appointment or mm. maybe you know I've looked recently last week or so since I hear in you know your article on the show last week you know I've been looking for counsellors and we may have found ourselves you know and an, an in into some particular counselling locally but I just feel, you know, it's not only the eating disorder, it's the management of the mental health side of it. I feel there's a bit of depression now because she feels this is where she's at and there's no moving forward and her life's always going to be like this, you know, controlled by her view of food, her body image, etc. So the question, I suppose, oh, it's very, very difficult, Anna, you know, and I, I can I can hear it in your in your voice like it's you're just looking for help. Where do you go? You know, when you're in your daughter's situation and and your position as a mum, like, where do you go to get help? When Yeah, well, you know, yeah. when she's under 18, you can try and coax and cajole her into coming with you to the doctors. When she's over 18, you know... She's an adult. She yeah. She's not an adult. I can't intervene in, in that regard, you know, that side of it. But I can still be there and try and, you know, encourage her, try and talk to her. But even... As I say, the language I use around this, I would be so fearful of that. You know, it exasperates the problem for her. It highlights it. And there's a real consciousness around food in the house. You know, she's always, she's always, you know, talking about food. And this, that, you know, if we go to a family event or anything, you know, she's talking about things, making beautiful foods, you know, cakes, etc., whatever it might be. But she never touches them. You know, she's not going to, she's a, she's a giver. And um, it's all, again, within control, you know. So she, she'll make food and, and, and make cakes Absolutely. and all of that kind of stuff for the group. All of that, yeah, for the group. But if you're watching you her, she's... Yeah. Oh, absolutely, no, it's never going to go past her lips. And the focus on and the, the exercise and, and running and that's, a, that's obviously... A, yeah, you can't, you couldn't sort of do anything sort of ad lib and say, we'll do this because you'd have to, it'd have to be planned wherever I got a run in today. And it's not just a run, you know, it could be the gym in the morning, then a run in the afternoon and then do you want to go for a walk tonight, mum, or something. And, you know, you're nearly pulling yourself back from the normal, you know, your normal um, lifestyle because you don't want to, you know, I don't want to go out for another walk if it's going to, you know, if I'm going to encourage her to be doing more exercise. It's just, you're constantly trying to battle with what's right and what's wrong and how to, you know, sort of maintain some sort of normality at the yeah. same time. It's hard to get the, very hard on for you, for you to get the, the balance right. And I, I know you got in touch with us here on the show because you, you're just looking for advice from our listeners that have maybe can point you in the yeah, right direction. Yeah. Um, I just it's the apathy and the, the acceptance of her situation that I'm really concerned about at the moment because she doesn't feel I don't think that she's ever going to get better from this um, and I don't want her to have that mindset because it seems just defeatist and you know, I just believe there is a way through if we can find the right help 
Well, I look, there has to be. Done. There has to be. I mean, there there has to be be help out there. And I want to talk to other people maybe today, Anna, who have maybe gone through this and and can offer you some support or, or advice um, at this time as well. Look, the number is eighteen hundred four five three one zero six. Linda's actually with us on the line as well, Anna, because Linda uh, Linda Duffy is a, a rapid transformational therapist, but also someone, Linda, who has overcome an eating disorder yourself. You've been listening to Anna there in the past few minutes. Um, what advice can can you offer her, Linda? Yeah, so so I guess first of all, Anna, um, you know, I really feel for your daughter and everything that you have said I can resonate with. Um, and there is a misconception around, I think, the help for eating disorders. You know, the public misconception is around when people think of somebody having an eating disorder, they, they just assume it's to do with body issues or food issues. And that's just simply not the case. What eating disorders really are, it's there are coping mechanisms, you know, for low self-esteem, high anxiety, self-criticism, feeling not good enough, not feeling significant, fear of rejection. So in a way, it's a it's a form of control. It's a form of protection. And for some people, it's it's actually a way of punishing themselves or trying to escape reality. And, and that's the same, in fact, actually for most addictions. But going back to something that Anna said, you know, I would have had, I had an eating disorder for over 20 years and I had got into the situation where I had just almost accepted this is who I am and I just have to try and manage it as best I can, you know, because I tried so many things to overcome it, including most of the things probably Anna has has at least talked about or, or been through, etc. But it's never to do with the food. It's never to do with exercise. It's not to do with diet plans. It's about what's the function, what's the role that Edie is playing in her life. You know, so for Anna's daughter, that eating disorder, that excessive exercise, that's p- providing some kind of relief to her. It's providing some kind of, um, some kind of, needs that isn't being fulfilled elsewhere. So simply as humans, you know, our, our, our main needs are to feel loved, to feel significant, to feel safe, to feel protected, and that we matter. And if any of those needs are not met, particularly in our childhood or, or in younger years, for whatever reason, that's going to manifest into something. So for me, it was an eating disorder. An eating disorder. For Anna's daughter, it was an eating disorder. For someone else, that might be drinking too much. It might be self-sabotage. It might be substance abuse. But you really have to look at, and I think this is where, you know, sometimes the system is not uh, maybe going wrong, is they're not focusing on the root cause. What's at the core? Why are you thinking the way you think? Why are you behaving the way you behave? If you can't get to the core, you're never going to be able to change it. And and to to be able to, to do that, Linda, and from, from your own experience as somebody who, who's gone through this, to be able to recognise what that issue is, is that through counselling, through a doctor? How how did you manage to address that? Yeah, so I guess for me, look, I, I, I spent years doing different types of therapies. Um, but to be honest, I think part of my problem was I, I was quite naive. I just thought all therapy was the same. I thought you just go and talk to somebody and talk about your feelings and that was it. Um, and, and that is the case for some people. But for me, it was really identifying, like, why why do I feel not good enough? Why do I feel not significant? You know, why am I always trying to be this perfect shaped body? Why am I trying to have the perfect face? Why am I trying to be, you know, have the best job? Or why am I trying to, why am I comparing myself to everybody else? And I'm using that as a, a value of worth. So to get to kind of the root cause, you have to really kind of deep dive into the person's subconscious mind, their past experiences, their memories, any kind of level of trauma and understand 
what happened to them or what was said to them to them that they formed a negative belief and then that transpired into a negative behavior so and then you have to actually learn then how to to overcome that mm. so it's, it's, so it's really it's, speaking know, to I, somebody in in counseling or yeah, yeah like 100 percent. like and, and this was the thing with me i also because i'm somebody who has strong willpower i'm i'm quite stubborn and determined um and i also i can beat this like i also i can like i can do this but you can't because you're trying to use your your conscious mind to overcome a habit. But it's your subconscious mind that holds all the beliefs, all the limiting beliefs. Where, I'm thinking for, for Anna today, and I'm sure there's many others listening um, to you, Linda, and, and Anna's story as well. Where do you go to get help in Ireland? Like, And particularly in, in, in Anna's case for her daughter, who's now 22 and an adult, and, you know, you can't just drag her into the GP yourself, like... Where where can she go? Where can people go to get assistance? Yeah, so I guess, first of all, you have to be open to getting help, you know, so it, it doesn't matter how, how concerned a parent is, if, if the individual themselves aren't willing to get help, you know, it's it's kind of a redundant exercise. But if the person is willing to kind of get the help and understand that they have a problem that they can't overcome themselves, unfortunately, you, you just have to kind of do a bit of due diligence and First of all, look at the different types of therapies that there is, because there's lots of different types. Okay, you also have to unfortunately go through a process of speaking to different types of therapists, because ultimately it's going to come down to: Do I want to tell this person everything? Do I want to tell them my deepest, darkest secrets? Do I feel safe to tell them that? Because you have to be able to get that that level of comfort where I'm willing to tell this person everything, and I feel safe doing that, and okay. I know there's going to be no judgment. So for me, personally, that meant I did unfortunately have to speak to a lot of therapists and I had to spend a lot of money. But eventually it got yeah. to a point okay. where I found the right person and I found the right technique. And it was that, that kind of because it had such a profound, for me personally, it had such a profound effect, not just on the eating disorder, on my whole, I suppose, overview of, of life and thoughts about myself that I was like, I want to do this for the people. Okay. And I left my job to do it. I have a text in from a listener here who says, I'm listening to Anna today. Uh, my own daughter's 15 as well, has anorexia. There's no psychologists or counsellors that'll take her on. It's actually a very specialised illness. There's little or no professionals that'll take you, uh, that'll take under 18s on at the moment. We ended up in camps, which was of absolutely no help. Anna, have you been, you know, given any um, advice, maybe from your own doctor or from anybody? Like, where can you go or? What can you do? No, um, firstly, we haven't got access to a doctor as yet um, just because of the availability of GPs where we live. Um, There is a counsellor in our local health practice, so we've tried to tap into that and we've got an appointment upcoming, but I mean, that's a very general type of counselling. But I just want to refer back to one thing Linda said, if I may. Linda, you know, you you spoke there about, you know, do you want to tell everybody your deepest, darkest secrets? Mm -hmm. You know, is that something that, you know, I'm not sure if my daughter is, maybe she is. I mean, I'm just like, I'm not in that of mine, but would you actually be aware of what that was, what that trigger was, or where those fundamental, you know, um, discontentments or feelings of of, of low self-esteem or, you know, no self-worth, where mm-hmm. they came from. Because when you talk about, you know, the childhood, there's nothing that stands out in my mind that's any different uh, for that particular child as to the other children in my home. And I know that's not, uh, you know, that's not to say that something didn't happen, but I mm-hmm. we've had a very relative, happy, homely, you know, mm-hmm. life. And 
they've always been protected from anything that was anything really traumatic. Yeah, it's a good question, Anna. Mm-hmm. Would, would you have known, Linda? Yeah, so, so for me, I, I would have had a rough idea of like what had maybe caused this, but in actual fact, I, like I, I would have put money out and said, is this why you have an eating disorder? I would say yes, but when I actually kind of deep dive into the actual cause, that was only part of it. You know, so when when we talk about trauma, trauma literally can be anything. It's not always the things that you think of where it's, you know, abuse or um, a serious illness or a car accident or something like that. It could be something as simple as maybe somebody said something to you in school. Maybe you had a critical teacher. Maybe you're in a friend group that you're constantly comparing yourself to them and you're striving for that. I need to be, you know, that, 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 that perfectionist. You know, so it's not always like coming from a dysfunctional home or um, some big thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It can be literally anything. So, okay. like for, for example, like I was working with a client before, and she she's in her thirties, but when she was seven, she was playing tennis, and, and her tennis she was a bit larger when she was younger, and she fell over on, on the court, and her tennis um, coach said to her, "Like God, I'm surprised you didn't make a bigger dent on the court." From that moment on, her seven year old head said okay to be good enough to not be judged to not be laughed at to be good enough you have to be skinny so she developed anorexia off the back right and that right. was when so you, when you talked really... about it that was the comment that was yeah well she would she didn't she didn't know that she remembered the experience but she couldn't link the experience to what the belief was she formed from that that's that's what's that's what's missing that's the missing link i know that there's other people um Getting in touch with us here too, Anna, after listening to your conversation today. And, and it's, 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 you know, it, it takes a lot of courage to, to, to come on the show and, and, and share your story like that, particularly when, um, you know, you're, you're looking for help and advice on, on where to go for your daughter. So I do appreciate, Anna, you, you know, you're making contact with us and, and joining us here today and sharing that story. Um, I know other people too are, are getting in touch now, Anna, off the back of that. And just very simply asking, where do you go? to get help and do we have enough support services that are there and available to people particularly if you're now an adult and you can't be brought into service providers by your parents look lunchtime live at newstalk.com is the email address we might come back to this maybe again tomorrow if people want to uh, to join us or share their story and I, I I want to thank you as I said for for joining us um I do hope that you know you you get some support services at least for for your daughter or that something comes from this Linda Duffy as well and um, rapid transformational therapist I just want to mention for anybody listening the helpline service number for bodywise it's zero one two one zero seven nine zero six or you can drop us an email a little uh, little bit later on this afternoon too if you like lunchtime live with andrea gilligan weekdays at midday brought to you by active iron on news talk